right, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Fighting Daily. Let's get into it. How are we doing on a uh, Thursday? How are we doing this week? Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about futures bets. Futures bets for the public, for pros, when should they be made, when should they not be made? Because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions and uh, misunderstandings about the best way to use futures bets, if at all. So let's get into it, talk about futures, because I think lots of professionals talk about futures bets, but I don't think a lot of people out there are making futures bets. And here's the thing, I get it. Like Most people out there, including myself, it's not fun to make a one-unit bet and to wait all season long to cash it, right? And often, it's not even worth it mathematically. So we're going to get into when should you, when shouldn't you make futures. A little spoiler, it's it's almost never. But let's start off by talking about the misconceptions, because there are a few misconceptions when it comes to making futures bets. I would say the first misconception is that professional bettors make a future and then just let it sit all season. You know, a lot of people, when we talk about futures and we give these over-unders, a lot of people think that, you know, it's, it's like a normal thing for a pro to, to bet on the Yankees to win the World Series and then you just sit with it, right? That doesn't usually happen. Almost That, that, that almost never happens. What's going to happen is pros are going to make futures bets and then use it to maximize their position, right? It's more of a investment technique where you want to maximize your position towards the end of a season, right? So if you bet on, you know, if it's the NBA and you're going to bet on the Bucks and the Heat and the nuggets and maybe the whoever it is right and you make four futures bets what pros do is as we get to the end of the season they use those bets and i mean they they do a lot they they, they can use several different uh investment techniques right they can hedge they can arbitrage they can double down they can middle if it's a spread they can middle but the point is there's a lot you can do when you have a ticket in your pocket at a good price now the good price is only at the end of the year, once all these things have been decided, at the at the beginning of the year when you make the bet, it's likely not a great bet at that time. But we'll talk about that in a second. But misconception is that the pros just make futures and just put it in their pocket and let it sit all season. They don't. They use these tickets to maximize their position. And the second misconception is that professional bettors make a lot of futures. Most people I know make very, very few futures bets. It is so much, it's talked about way more then I believe it's executed in the sports betting world. So those are a few misconceptions. Pros don't make a lot of them. And when they do, they're not just sitting on their ticket, hoping to cash it as some lottery ticket. They're using it as an investment strategy uh, and incorporating different investment techniques as they get closer and closer to the outcome of whatever they bet on. Uh, Let's talk about why the public, why most people, the vast majority of people should not make futures. The number one thing and the number one reason why most people should not make futures has to do with the higher VIG. Okay, In these bets where you're going to get a whole bunch of, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Who's going to win the national championship this year? Who's going to win the uh, NHL Stanley Cup this year? When you get these bets, it's typically not worth it because there's too much VIG, too much tax built in. Now, we've talked about this before when it comes to multi-way markets, why it's better to avoid multi-way markets for several reasons. It's the same thing here. When you get a who's going to win the Stanley Cup bet, that's a multi-way market. So by definition, there's going to be a higher tax in a lot of these multi-way markets you find online and in different sports books. So that's just the main reason is it's much more difficult to beat these lines because there's a higher tax built into them. So it doesn't matter what you're talking about or how how cheap or expensive you perceive these teams to be, when you add all of them up together, you're going to find 
it's much more difficult to beat these lines just because of the higher tax and higher built-in VIG. So, so that's, you know, an example, I guess, would be like this year. Okay, this season in the MLB, just about a month and a half ago, at the beginning of August, maybe about two months ago, the New York Yankees, it was, it was a crime what I saw going on. Sportsbooks were pricing the New York Yankees as if they were still one of the best teams in baseball. Now, clearly, we all knew in the beginning of August, the New York Yankees were not one of the best teams in baseball. This was a well-known fact. But the multi-way markets, the futures markets that had who will win the, the World Series had the Yankees priced up there with everyone. Why is that? Why did the, the sports books have the Yankees so expensive? It's because, as I said, there's a higher VIG and a higher tax built into these lines. So what will happen is these popular teams like the Yankees or the Cubs, or the Red Sox will simply be maybe twice of what they should be. Okay, If the Yankees should be 20 to 1, they may be 10 to 1. If the Red Sox should be 50 to 1, they may be 25 to 1. And the reason it is, the sportsbooks don't give a shit about the VIG. They just keep adding in tax and tax and tax and making it a worse bet for you. They know who's going to bet on what, or at least how many people. They know right now, next year in the NHL playoffs or this for the Stanley Cup, there's going to be a lot of tickets on the Boston Bruins and even the Detroit Red Wings and these teams that typically get all the money. And there's going to be almost no money on the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, if you look at the the Red Wings and the and the and the Boston Bruins right now and all these teams who get public money, they're going to be too expensive just based on the definition of how much tax is in these things. I mean, I see sports books just abuse the shit out of these prices and out of these teams. I mean, it sh- the New York Yankees should have never been where they were this year in the futures market. You know, the LA Lakers should almost never be where they are in the futures market. It's 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 honestly kind of fucked up what sports books do in these markets. So that's the first thing. You should stay away just because it's a bad bet because of the hefty tax that's involved. But even if you think you're buying low, even if you think you're beating this futures market to something, again, it's generally going to be too expensive to overcome any of those built-in taxes. So uh, let's move on to the time value of money. This is a very interesting concept. Now, if you don't understand this, you can search right now on Google time value of money, and it's going to come up. This is an actual equation and an actual thing that exists in the idea or in the world of economics. So the time value of money is, let's make it easy. Let's boil it down to a very easy concept. What the time value of money essentially means is that it's simply not worth it to tie your money up for such a long time if you're only expecting to make, let's say, one unit back, right? A season's a long time. The hockey season's about to start in a week or so. Well, from the beginning of October to what, like March, April, we're going to be playing hockey. That's a long time for me to tie up one unit. And it doesn't matter what your units are, whether it's $10, $50, $100, or $1,000, because units are individual for all of us. You know, so whatever 1% of your bankroll is or whatever your unit size is, most of us don't want to wait an entire season to cash unit for a couple reasons. One, it's like it's a patience thing. You just don't have the patience for it. You want to make that money back. And two, it's not worth it for one unit over all that time. Think about what that equals to per day. You know, I mean, <laughs> hell, most people, most of the time, you know, it would be better for the average person out there just to put their money in like a, a, a goddamn savings account, <laughs> you know, and then just let it sit there instead of sitting in a sports ticket for six months, hoping your team's going to win. 
So the time value of money is really the reason why futures are so tricky because you're waiting and waiting and waiting. It's honestly, it's all about maximizing earnings. Okay. This is all about realizing potential earnings and calculating lost earnings in any given time span. That's sort of what this all comes down to. Essentially, you can do more things with that money in that time instead of waiting for it to, you know, cash one unit or lose, right? Half the time you're going to lose. So as I said, most time it's better to just put that money in a, a savings account because if you make a bet, let's say 110 to 100, most sports bettors aren't that out there still aren't making po- positive EV bets, right? So for 95% of the people listening to this show right now, if you make a bet 100 to, or 110 to 100 over the course of a season, your expected value is about negative $4.50. But if you put that 100 in a savings account, you know, you know for a fact your expected value, you're guaranteed to make a little bit of money, right? So this is about being able to, a couple things. It's about being able to make more money with that money instead of just letting it sit, right? So you can put $100 on a futures ticket or you can use that 100 and make money during the season with that instead of letting it, you know, sit in a futures ticket. It's also being able, it's also about being able to spend that money. You know, in economics, it's not just like save, save, save. How do we always save? Sometimes it's about what you want to do with your time, your money as an individual, as a human being. And let's say you decide you want to spend that money on, you know, lunch instead. You want to go on a date instead. Well, if that money's tied up in a futures ticket, you don't have the option to. So all of this comes back for the time value of money is essentially the longer your money's tied up and you're not going to make that much back, the worse the bet is for you because there's other things you can be doing with that money. I think that's sort of the principle um, of this whole thing, right? Now on, on Google, on good old Investotopia or Investopia here, it says the time value of money means that a sum of money is worth more now than the same sum of money in the future. The principle of the time value money or the principle of the time value of money means that it can grow only through investing. So a delayed investment is a lost opportunity. That's another very good way to put this. The more time you wait, you're actually hurting your chances to maximize your income and your ROI when that money's tied up. So that's 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 the time value of money. Okay. And that's another reason why people generally don't want to make futures. The last thing here, the last reason why people generally don't want to make futures bets is that futures are meant to be used as a tool, not as a lottery ticket. This goes back to what I said earlier with pros, how they make them. And I believe that if you're asking the pub, the average public better to put themselves in a position where they can have a futures bet and correctly hedge arbitrage, I don't even know what to do at the end of the year, right? But if you do know what to do, to do it correctly, whether it's hedge, arbitrage, double down, middle, I don't mean to be pejorative here, but I think that's simply too much to ask from the public, okay? All of these put together, I just don't think it's a good idea for the average better out there to make a futures bet and tie your money up for that long. And the last thing here, the last kind of question that I think some of you might have is, well, okay, if it's going to be a longer time and it's not worth it to put one unit down, why don't we just bet more? Why don't I bet two units or five units or 10 units on this outcome? And the answer here is that's not a good idea unless it matches your confidence level, right? I always talk about Kelly criterion on here and how I decide how much I'm going to bet for every bet I make. Every bet I make is 
is directly proportional to my confidence level of that bet. If I don't feel great about a bet, but I think it's still a winning bet, I'm going to have much less on that compared to if I feel amazing about that bet, right? So confidence level dictates how much you bet. You don't just want to put five units down because you're making a future and because it's going to happen in the future, right? At the end of the year, you're still on the hook for those five units, those 10 units. It's just delaying that time for the loss. And you're putting down way more than you are on other sports that should be equal for your confidence level. You know, it doesn't make sense for you to put five or 10 units down on a future just because it's a future. And then you turn around and you're betting baseball games at night for your normal one unit, right? That doesn't make sense mathematically. You're going to put yourself in a horrible position from an investing standpoint if you do that. So overall, the point of today's show is you shouldn't make futures bets. Most people out there shouldn't make futures bets. They're not nearly as powerful as you think they are. They're generally a bad bet because the taxes are way too high. And due to the time value of money, it's not worth it because you could be doing other things with that money in that time span. But we'll wrap today's show up by talking about when should you? Are there times when you should make a futures bet? And I believe there are three times. In these three times, be careful. I don't want to give any bad advice, but I do believe there are three times when you could make a futures bet. Number one, as we said, if you legitimately plan to use it as a tool, if you plan to use your futures ticket as a tool towards the end of the year, right? And you want to maximize your return, you know what you're doing. It's perfectly fine to make a futures bet in that case. The second case, and this is rare, but it's those times, those very rare times where we legitimately find a positive EV bet in a futures market. You know, the reason why Travis Kelsey first touchdown is generally not a good bet is because if it's plus 500, it should maybe be plus 900 or plus 1,000, right? These bets are never good or almost always never good because there's too much tax built in. But it's rare that you could sometimes find an example here or there where you're actually getting a positive EV bet. You know, if, if the... If the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights are plus 500 to make the playoffs, and we legitimately think that they should be you know, plus 400, that's a good bet to make. Even if it's an in the division with all these other teams priced in, a good bet's a good bet. And just because it's in a futures doesn't, or just because it's in a multi-win market doesn't by definition make it a bad bet. It just means that like 98% of the time, it will be a bad bet. Occasionally, very rarely, you will find a positive EV bet, even in these futures, right? Will this team win the Stanley Cup? Occasionally, it's good to make. Now, I want to be careful with this because you've got to be so confident in your math, but it's not always, 100% of the time, a bad bet. Those rare times where we legitimately have a positive EV bet, it is good to make them. And then finally, what you're going to find way more often, right? If you're going to use it as a tool, maybe not that often. Those rare times where you legitimately have a good bet, very rare, not that often. But this third time, yeah, you'll, you'll find all the time. And it's the free bet, which we've talked about before. If you get in your account or you, if you get a coupon or a promotion for a free bet, I think it's okay to use on a future. If you're going to bet on your favorite team or you think you may have a good bet here or there, will the team win the division? A free bet actually changes the math pretty substantially. And what you'll find is a lot of these futures are 10 to 1, 15 to 1, 20 to 1. So it falls into that free bet category of going for broke. So you actually can make futures bets at a good, with a good bet for you know, with a good outcome for you expected if you have a free bet. So when should you make futures? If you have a free bet, 
if you plan to use it as a tool or if you have a rare time where you legitimately have a plus EV bet. So those are the only times I would ever make a future. But just to keep things simple, for most people listening, I just wouldn't make futures. You got to wait too long. I mean, it's, it's only one unit. And a lot of you out there can make that money back during the season. If you're going to bet on the Yankees to win the, the World Series, you're probably going to want to bet on the Yankees and a lot of their matchups during the year anyway. Save your money, bet it during those games, and then maximize what you're making back every decision you make. So, all right, that is for today's show. Appreciate you listening. Uh, good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. If you catch some winners, we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.